coming up this week, off screen. We pick our favourite films of 2015. Well, those to come and only those off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. My name is Case Allen. Isn't it always? so? Every single week it is. It is, every yeah. single week. So, well, this is the last week, or the last week mm-hmm. of 2015 at least. So, yes. we've got to pick our, our favourites of the year, clearly. Oh, it's always tough, isn't it? It is tough. So, we should start then with the ones which didn't quite make the grade. We'll go through a few in a, in a few minutes and just see what we can get out of the way. The ones that didn't quite make our top ten like of the Pan? year. Pan? Pan might be in... Pan didn't make, the, uh, didn't make the top ten. I don't think Pan's making anybody. No sane person's top ten. No, not at all. Not at all. So, let's start with Jurassic World, which you and I both really enjoyed. We did, certainly. And, you know, it, it does have a certain rewatchability to it, and it is quite meta, but I think a little bit on the nose. Yeah. And it wasn't a great big shot, but it was hugely entertaining. It was, and it made so much money as it well. Really, it made all the money. All of the money. Well, until December. It made most of the money. Most of the money, and then December rolled around, and Disney got the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, um, from the same studio as Jurassic World, we also have Steve Jobs. I, I really, really enjoyed Steve Jobs. Yeah, you saw yeah. it before me, and, and got did. to brag about it for about a month. Yes. I was like, oh, that film. Oh, we can't talk about it, can we? Yeah, well, I did get to see it eventually, and I yes. loved it too. Uh, I had to hand it to you. Mm. You were absolutely on the money with that one. Aaron uh, Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Great script. Great direction from Danny Boyle. Yeah, very, <clears> very um, solid. Really solid. Really uh, well-crafted, sort of stylish, slick, mm. easy drama. Well-founded character drama with great performances yeah. as well. Fantastic cast. So, great performances, of course, are the uh, are the backbone of our next film, Whiplash. Yeah. Which I know you you worship Whiplash. I would have put this in the top ten. Didn't if, your, if it was just me? Didn't your band one. actually compose a song around the dialogue from Whiplash at one yes, stage? Yes, we did. The first outpost, the outpost, first outlash. The um, the J.K. Simmons. Does. Were you rushing or were you dragging case? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you do know the difference, and that's the thing. Iconic performance from J.K. Simmons. Mm. Uh, the film isn't narratively very surprising. It's kind of just a, a, a play it's on. It's quite the, a straight thriller. Uh, the great Santini, really, for a new generation. Mm. I would say very much so. But great performance from J.K. Simmons and a career best from Miles Teller. I but never thought that I would hear those words. Shut lips. No one likes it. I told you so. Shut up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Ant Man. We've got to mention Ant Man, which is, I think our token sort of comic book movie entry of the not quite almost our oh, token comic book. Um, my favorite uh, comic book film of the year. Yeah, flat out. Flat out. Actually, do you definitely. know what? I would go with that as well. I mm. think uh, my favorite comic. It was fun. I think that Peyton Reed uh, definitely picked up the reins with what Edgar Wright had left, left behind. I thought Paul Rudd was a great sort of lead. I think play, playing it as an out-and-out comedy mm. that really paid off. And of course, Michael Pena, yeah, who will appear yeah. again in our top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got? It follows. Uh, Michael Monroe. Yeah, uh, one one of the best horrors. This was yeah. a surprisingly great horror film, wasn't it? Was. It? Was it Atmospheric, very stylish, great well score. acted, great really score. score. Uh, fell into that sort of eighties electronica kind of a score. Yeah, it was it was like a Carpenter esque. Carpenter, yeah. but really, really good horror film. And uh, 
leads us to the, the big action film that we couldn't include, which is, of course, John Wick. Oh, it pains us not to include it. It was, it was in there. It was, it was, uh, it was in there. Until a few days ago. Until a few days ago, uh, John Wick. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. And uh, well, Keanu Reeves is back on badass form yeah. as Mr. Wick, who, you know, a, 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 a sort of retired hitman who goes on a killing spree because they killed his dog. It yes. is a cute dog, bro. It is a very, very cute dog. If something happened to Lola, I'd do exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be looking for shotguns. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hyper-violence at its finest. John Wick, I loved every minute. I'm going to be seeing uh, a follow-up. We are. Have you heard who's in that follow-up? As well, I have, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's so good in that one. So. Neil and Morpheus together. It is, of course. One last film that didn't, couldn't quite make the cut: Hector. Yeah, I've not which, seen this, but I'm a huge, huge fan of Peter Mullen. Really, Jake Gavin's uh, debut film stars Peter Mullen. Yeah. Really moving drama. I've been calling it a sort of uh, Odyssean tale for Cameron's Britain. Would be the best yeah. way to, to think <laughs> of it. Uh, really something. Do check it out just for Peter Mullen's performance. I will, certainly. So on then to uh... number ten. Now, where was Hunt? <laughs> we had to. We had I missed to doing that. I missed you you missed it being in the box of his top ten, didn't you? Yeah. So, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation is. No one expected this to be as good as it was. No. Even after Ghost Protocol, I don't think mm. we expected it because it got moved up six months, and we all thought that meant. It you know, it wasn't going to be rushed. It wasn't because it got moved to get out of the way of Star Wars, effectively. Yeah, and I think it was always a bit of a question mark against the director, who I I really like, Chris McQuarrie. Yeah, uh, Jack Reacher I thought was really good. A lot of people were. Kind yeah, of I didn't like Jack Reacher very much. I do like Way of the Gun though. Um, I, yeah. I have watched it. I've, oh, do you now watch Way of the Gun? Oh. Yes. I thought Mission, Rogue Nation, though, um, is, it has he's, that he's solid. Yeah. It's the solid performance from Tom Cruise, as always. It made a star out of Rebecca Ferguson, who was this. Yeah. came out of nowhere with this great breakthrough role. We have a clip, by the way. That's the only way. That's the only way. And before you ask, the system is designed to shut down automatically if any metal enters the intake. No oxygen tanks. All right, well, how long will it take to free swim from the intake to the service hatch? Two minutes, with the current at full power. What, then you just have to hold your breath for two minutes? What about installing the security profile? Well, that's going to be like a minute tops. So I have to hold my breath for three minutes? You can do that. The more you exert yourself, the faster you consume oxygen. Don't worry about him, all right? All he has to do is install the fake profile before I get to the gate analysis. You said it yourself, it's the only way. <laughs> that doesn't sound impossible. We should remember to keep the clips in. <laughs> so, so made a star of Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Who is wonderful. It, she was. Yeah. She was. Such a great physicality and intense performance. Mm. Um, you had, of course, Tom Hollander as, as the PM, which was just hilarious. And then, of course, you had the great trio of supporting IMF agents in Simon Pegg, Jeremy Renner, and everyone's favourite, Mr. Ving Rhames, nice. who I'm pretty sure just sits around waiting for the, you know, paying his mortgage off Mission Impossible residuals at this stage. Yeah. And you know what? Let him, because he's so enjoyable in these films. He's Marcellus Wallace. He is, Marcellus. Yeah. Just think, he doesn't need to be, he's been Marcellus Wallace, he can now dine out just being uh, Luther Stickwell yeah. forever. Which is also now. a great name. And of, well, yeah, of course. And Alec Baldwin, where is Hunt? Yeah. Love him in it. I, I need him to come back for the next I'm one. hoping he's, well, Ferguson's back, Macquarie's, Macquarie's back. back. That, that is interesting, that is the first time that a director has come back for it's the Mission Impossible. And, given the ending, which we won't really go into, the ending of Rogue Nation, it is entirely possible that Alec Baldwin no. will be back. Number nine. Sicario. 
Sicario. Now, you didn't see Sicario, did you? No, and that pains me greatly. <laughs> right. It's been... This, this was the masterpiece thriller this year. This was Denis Villeneuve behind the camera. This was Roger Deakins pretty much programming that yeah. camera. <laughs> it had Benicio Del Toro and Emily Blunt in front of that camera and everybody delivered. Here's a clip. Is he CIA? Are you? He's a DOD advisor just like me. No, he's not. But just pay attention to Alejandro, and if he says do something, just do it. I'm not authorized to follow orders from Alejandro, especially in Mexico. Fine, then stay here. But you don't want to, do you? I just want to know what I'm getting into. Kate, you volunteered to get on this train because you, you know you're doing nothing in Phoenix. Yeah, you're just sweeping up a mess. In six months, every single house you raid will be rigged with explosives. Do you want to find the guys responsible, yes or no? Yes. Yes? Yes. This is where we start. Cartel thriller at its finest. And it was so good. And it was one of those films that had that great moment in it where you just start thinking, this movie's so good. It's just missing John Ber John Bernthal. And then John Bernthal turns to show. <laughs> and it was Punisher. <laughs> exactly. Our new Punisher, but of wow. course Shane from The Walking mm. Dead. And he does appear in the top ten again as well. Only once. He does so. just make a film like 15% better, doesn't he? He, he, he does. But uh, wow, if ever a film though was going to completely sell you on Denis Villeneuve as the director to be watching at the moment. I mean, because he's got Blade Runner 2 coming. With Roger Deakins. With Roger Deakins. Roger yeah. Deakins, of course, missed out famously on the Oscar for Skyfall. And How has he never? He's not won an Oscar. He's been nominated. He's the Leo of cinematographers. That's he what this is. is. <laughs> but this is a film I'm waiting for the Oscar nominations because I, I want to see if this gets even vaguely acknowledged. Mm. If nothing else, it needs to for cinematography. Roger Deakins needs that he Oscar. Needs it. He does. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. And we're back. So, what spot are we on now? Number eight, Birdman. Birdman. Now, this was this was the first film of the year. It was most because this on New Year's Day it this year Day, it, it was this and the Theory of Everything. And yes. I actually I saw Birdman first, and then the Theory. Of I Everything. Yes. And uh, well, the Theory of Everything. I think it's already got its share of awards. It's not having one from us. <laughs> uh, but Birdman. Wow. Well, yeah. here's a clip. Hey, wait. I want him gone. No. What? We cannot do that. Of course we can do that. It's listen our show. Listen to me, please. No, you listen to me. Listen to me. Get him out of my play. I'm not going to stand Who's up there. preview? Nothing matters until that old bat from the New York Times is sitting on that audience opening no. night. We're getting rid of him. No, I'm not going to stand up. Just shut up. Shut up and listen to me for once. As soon as we announced he was taking over, the advance doubled. And that took less than a day. We can't afford to lose the preview. We can't afford to lose any more money. We can't afford to lose Mike. This has been about... This is about being respected and validated, remember? That's what you told me. You're the director. Get him under control, okay? So you were a big fan of this one. I think you were rooting for this on Oscar Day, weren't you? Uh, I was, yeah. And how, you, you feel for Michael Keaton taking out that speech. Taking out the speech for the award he could never I just, claim. I just um, wanted to cry. I really, I felt so bad for him. I know. Um, he was so good in this. Such a, a great performance from Michael Keaton, who was an actor I think we had kind of written off to an extent. We'd, we'd kind oh, of just kind of been like designed to being a supporting player. And when, when he shows up, it's quite yeah. nice to see him. He's like, oh, hey, he's still around. You yeah. know, I don't think we'd resigned him to the, to the Val Kilmer pile. Oh, no. He's he not the fat Batman. 
He's not the fat Batman. <laughs> no, he was the good Batman that we'd all yeah. moved on from. But his his character obviously written with him in mind, and I don't just think it was meta for the sake of being meta. I think he played it with verve. I think that it was it was fantastic. He did, and I think he wore the fatigue. I think so well for it, and he did, the yeah. film has become quite iconic in a very short space of time. It has. I mean, that famous sequence of the running running uh, through Times Square in his underwear, yeah. like, that has become that really iconic really quickly. Yeah. Well, that was done in the Oscars. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris did it as yes, well as his yeah, I, kind of opening gamut, I think. It was very true. I mean, I, yeah. the thing is, the supporting cast on it, which was Zach Galifianakis, Naomi uh, Watts, Naomi Watts, Evan Norton, also nominated. And yeah. oh, well, I, mean, I want to say Andrea Riseborough was in there as oh, well. Yeah, she um, is she was great. Such a great but yeah. it was a really, really great yeah. cast. It, it was a great so ensemble and it gives yeah, gives a good like kind of spotlight to Keaton. And we've got to talk about the gimmick of the film. Well, two gimmicks, because there is, you know, that jazz score yeah. all the way through. And you know, speaking of all the way through, of course, it is all the way through in one sense because it's mostly one shot. It is. Oh, it's made to look like it's made one to shot. look like. In actuality, there are fourteen cuts. I think I, I sat and counted. I think there are fourteen. Really? When, when, once you get to the very end of it's the film and it leaves the theatre, yeah. I think then there are fourteen cuts. And but it is. It's quite a, an interpretive film. It's left a lot is left to your own interpretation of it, particularly in the very end. A lot of it is left to your own sort of faculties, I think, to decide yeah. what's really gone on. Uh, it is superb, though. Such a great ambiguous ending. And, uh, oh, it was just so much better than the theory of everything. Number seven. Ex Machina. Which, now, this was one that went, on, on paper, I, I loved the idea. Mm. And it was, Alex Garland is finally going to, to direct a film. Alex Garland had written some great films. Yeah, absolutely. But Alex Garland was now going to direct a film. Did it turn out any good? Of course it did, it's in our top ten. Here's a clip. What will happen to me if I fail your test? Eva. Will it be bad? I don't know. Do you think I might be switched off because I don't function as well as I'm supposed to? Eva, I don't know the answer to your question. It's not up to me. Why is it up to anyone? Do you have people to test you and might switch you off? No, I don't. Well, why do I? So this one had the good fortune of coming around at that moment when Alicia Vikander sort of appeared a fortnight earlier as the next big thing. I think this came something like two weeks after Testament of Youth, mm. which was the first film I'd seen Alicia Vikander. She was very good in that. She was very good in that, and then she appeared in this. She appeared in that one with Brendan Thwaites and Ewan McGregor, the Australian one as well. Oh, oh the gun one. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Son of a gun as well. Then she was in Man from Uncle. Then Which she was, was in, excellent. Yeah. It? Then she then she appeared in Burnt to class that joint up, <laughs> <laughs> and she just kept appearing in things. And you know what? I believe in Alicia Vikander now. She is the next big thing. She's the next big thing for a reason, and I can't wait for. Uh, it's, it's not. Uh, Assassin's Creed that she's in is it? It's she's gonna be the Danish girl. The Danish girl. Oh, that's yeah. that's two weeks away from now. So that's the is, New Year, yeah. That's the New Year's Day movie this year mm. for Eddie Redmayne. I say that is next year's yeah. food of everything. Do you think Eddie Redmayne just purposely books everything for New Year's Day now? Oh, I've had enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> but so Alicia Vikander uh, in a film which also had great roles for Donald Gleeson it also had mm. great roles for Oscar Isaac 
both of whom would turn up in another film you might have heard of recently. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss that another time. Um, but it was so well made. It, was, it came along at that point as well when we just had the Black Mirror Christmas special and everyone yeah. was still talking about oh, Black Mirror. Oh, one, yeah. Yeah, we just had the White Christmas episode, I think it was. Yes. And cause this was, I think, January, end of January. Yeah, and, uh, around about January, February. Around about January, February. And, and it felt like a great big Black Mirror episode mm. with Alex Garland as that episode's director. And it paid off. It was suspenseful. It was sharply written. It had some really out there stuff in it. The whole yeah. Oscar Isaac dance sequence. Yeah, that was completely off the wall. You did not see that coming at all. It, and it avoided the temptation to go into purposefully vague Blade Runner territory, which I re I sort of imagined it would, mm. and it didn't quite. And I thought that was to its credit, which would have been so easy to go into that that sort yeah. of zone, but it didn't. It sort of, it towed the line really well. It stayed grounded, and it managed to be a really compelling, really interesting sci-fi drama. I thought number six. Kingsman, the Secret Service. Were you just depressed that they had to add the the secret uh, the, the Kingsman part to this? Because yeah. the comic book is just the Secret, the secret Service. Service. Why, why the Kingsman? I think that was going to be the original title for the flick as well. Yeah, yeah. that would have worked. But uh, okay, either way. Before we start, you know, going on about how awesome Colin Firth was in this movie, let's <laughs> let's just do the clip. Did you see the film Trading Places? No. How about Nikita? Pretty woman. All right. My point is that the lack of a silver spoon has set you on a certain path, but you needn't stay on it. If you're prepared to adapt and learn, you can transform. Oh, like in My Fair Lady. All right, the awful of surprises. Yes, like My Fair Lady. Only in this case, I'm offering you the opportunity to become a Kingsman. A tailor. A Kingsman agent. Like a spy. Of sorts. Interested? You think I've got anything to lose? So how awesome was Colin Firth? He was awesome, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> so that was the weird thing. This did for Colin Firth what the first Taken movie did for Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> In the It's like, why? He can, he can do that? Yeah. And he did it so well and with great. such class and elegance and poise. Yeah. He was definitely um, doing the kind of Roger Moore Bond, but with some balls. Really, yeah. very much the case, and and balls was sort of what the film was about. Yeah. And every performance in there was oh, high top floor kind of even even from the ladies in the film was mm -hmm. sort of performance. And you had great sort of support from well, you I mean the Lee, obviously Taron Egerton, yeah. we talk about him because he's he's forged off a nice little career now, hasn't he? He has now, yeah. and he was an actor that I don't think any of us really paid attention to until really, Kingsman, no. and uh, then he because he also appeared in Testament of Youth. Yeah. As well, rather briefly. There was a rumour for a while he was going to be the young Cyclops. He didn't get that. He went to Ty Sheridan, I believe. Yeah, the kid from Mud. Who is really good as well. Very good, I'm sure. Um, and the, But of course, Taron Egerton, I think at the moment, is going to be our new uh, Robin Hood, isn't he? Uh, yeah, in the totally titled Robin Hood Origins. Oh dear God, no. Yeah. But like, for me, Kingsman, it's all about Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> and that lift. Like it was so good. What a performance. It was this wacky cartoon sort of antithesis of Colin Firth's smooth, slick, gentlemanly spy. Let's go with the corrupt.com mad yeah. genius kind of thing. It does wear its references on its sleeve, doesn't it? It very much does. It it knows that to parody a Bond film would be sort of passe in this day and age. So let's just go with clever satire. Yeah. And, oh, is this where you say something witty? This ain't that kind of film, bruv. Love it. 
And for me, nothing sets the tone more than the use of Dizzy Rascal early on in that car <laughs> sequence. Bargers. You know, yeah, I, I love um, that moment. I love that entire soundtrack. It was a very, very yeah. good soundtrack. But really well done. Really fast-paced. Great production from Matthew Vaughan. Really glad he got the Flash Gordon job after this yes. because... The third act of this film cries out for either a Star Wars movie or Absolutely. Flash Gordon. And if he's not going to get a Star Wars film, let him have Flash Gordon. Do you know what's crazy about this film as well? Go on. Mark Strong's in it, not playing a villain. That is very true, mm. although he is still bald. <laughs> One day Mark Strong will get to have hair. Today is what not day? that day. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. And we're back, so... Number five. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. You're really glad we managed to fit this one in, aren't you? Yeah. And so high as well, deservedly so. Deservedly so. It was higher originally, we should point out. That's a good point, yeah. Right, so this is your token indie teen (laughs) high school dramedy about someone who's dying. Because they happen so often. Here's a clip. Mom, what are you doing? Okay, Mom, listen, she doesn't want to see me. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, Gregory, you that you do not have a choice in this particular Mom, matter. Mom, please just let me say one thing You have been given an opportunity oh my God, please to just make let a very me say real difference thing, in Mom. someone's life, and if Jeez. what you're choosing instead of that is to lie around you know, the house all day like a dead me. slug, then I will be we're required to step in Mom, we're not and inform you that that is 100% oh unacceptable. Your non-stop stream of words is making me freak out. And if you think that all these excuses you're making are in any way better or more important than the happiness of a girl with cancer, a friend state. with I'm cancer, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. You are going to pick up that phone, you are going to call Rachel again. You are going to. Things to love in this one. One, Olivia Cook, as said dying girl. Loved her, thought she was great. Really charming, really, really, really played it quite well. Big, sorcery, wide-eyed innocence. Yeah. But not really anyone's fool, in one sense. And then you had Thomas Mann. Who quite clearly is he's a next big thing, I think. Yeah. Definitely um, watch him. Well he's in Skull he's got Skull Island coming up now as oh, well, really? isn't he? He's with John is there anyone that's not gonna be in Skull Island? I feel like that cast is Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is not gonna be in no, Skull he's, Island. He's gonna play the island. He is, yes, yes, yeah. Nicholas Cage. And of course RJ Siler as Earl. And now he's gonna go on the rise, he's gonna be in uh, the Power Rangers. I was gonna say, do you, yeah. you know he's in the Power Rangers? Yeah. And you know he's the nerd one, he's Billy. Yeah, he's a Blue Ranger. He's blue that's, that's great. That, that that's so weird. That's <laughs> just a weird bit of I'm cool with that. Although I, I tell you, I thought he was the kid from role models having just grown up. I forgot, but he he's also in it. Yeah, right. he, he plays his brother. He does, yeah. he does, he does play his brother. Uh, so, of course, um, you've then got the, the requisite performance from John Bernthal because every good movie needs John Bernthal to turn up. And that was another yeah. great part about this film because it had a terrific sort of a, a, a adult supporting cast. Like an older cast. supporting cast, yeah. Who was it that played Thomas Mann's father in the film? Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, was that was great. it. And his mum uh, was Connie Britton. Connie Britton of Nashville uh, fame. Friday Night Lights. And, and Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And then, of course, John Bernthal. And, wow, it, it was it was just such yeah. a sort of fun and... I want to say light-hearted. I wouldn't say light-hearted. I would no. say it was whimsically witty, I would say. Yeah, I would say that It well. had I a surrealist hint you, to you it. You needed someone um, like Nick Offerman to play his dad, someone with that kind of rich lexicon. Very much yeah. so, and I liked that. I found it a sort of a companion piece to um, Be Kind Rewind in terms of how they yeah. sweeded the films, for instance. Yeah. It's one key well, element. Some to... of the best puns in cinema. Oh, this year. oh terrific. Yeah. I, I feel like we kind of need more of this story. <laughs> just to... 400 Bros. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think we need more from me and Elna Dango. Number four. Inside Out. This was my favourite animated film of the year. But it's Easily. the last animated film in the top ten. Yeah, but of course this is this is the point at which Pixar decided you know what, we've played with your emotions for so long. <laughs> we're gonna punch. Them. We're just we're just now gonna punch through. We're just gonna mainline it, cut right to the source. Here's a clip. Oh, I gotta go. It's okay. We get it. You're the best. Thanks, hon. See you, sweetie. Dad just left us. Oh, he doesn't love us anymore. That's sad. I, I should drive, right? Joy, what are you doing? Uh, just uh, give me one second. Um, you know what I've realized? Riley hasn't had lunch, remember? Hey, I saw a pizza place down the street. Maybe we could try that. Pizza sounds delicious. Pizza? pizza. Yes, pizza. <laughs> right on, that's good. What the heck is that? Who puts broccoli on pizza? That's it. I'm done. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. First the Hawaiians, and now you. So who was your favorite emotion, Case? Uh... This this is this is the big question of the year, I think. Maybe fear. Why? Why do you like? Bill Hader. Hader. Bill Hader. <laughs> Did you know I was going to say that? I, I figured as much. Bill Hader. I would, well, I would even say him or Joy. Well, for me, it was anger, hands down. Anger and might have been the funniest. I, I, who was my favourite though? I love Lewis Black as anger. Uh, the thing with this film was, as funny as it was, it was equally touching. And nowhere was that more apparent than I think in the relationship between joy and sadness and in the relationship between joy and sadness and bing bong, or particularly joy and bing bong. Um, <laughs> but what a cast, though. And it was... It was uh, perfectly Amy, cast. Yeah, Amy Poehler, Lewis Black, Bill Hader, uh, Mindy Kaling, who's an actress yeah. I don't like. I find her a very irritating presence. Perfect her, her, her voice. Um, Phyllis Smith from The Office. Yeah, I told you, but she was uh, a casting director. You did. She was a casting yeah. director in The Office. And yeah. And who else is in this? Uh, as Richard well? Kind. Richard he Kind as Bing Bong. Who was left out of the marketing. Yes. Which is a very kind of savvy move. It was very savvy, and I yeah. think made his role in the film all the more poignant, well, strangely. Yeah. Although I noticed that that pop figure was the first one to fly off the shelves now. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it really is a strange one. Um, and it also had you know, the likes of Carl uh, McLaughlin was in this. We, we never yeah, get Carl McLaughlin credit. Yeah. But it was sweet and it was funny and it was so touching and moving. And it did go to really strange places. I don't think any of us saw it going to. Yeah, leave it, Jake. It's Cloud Town. Like that, why is that joke in a Pixar uh, film? Who cares? It's amazing. Just all the little small bits, like um, Anger when he's reading a newspaper. Yes. And it says, like, like, broccoli on pizza? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, San Francisco. You're ruined pizza! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, Pixar really can't do any wrong. Um, I mean, they did this year, it turned out, because they, they made the then, good time. I, don't, I don't think that film is inherently bad. I, think I don't think it's a bad film. If it was studio standards, it would be really good. It would be. Do you know if it were a DreamWorks film, it would have been the best film DreamWorks had done in years. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to one of Pixar's worst in years. But Inside Out, I think we can safely say this is a shoe the best animated feature this next year. Okay. Clearly. I hope so. I, I would say. If there's, I don't think there's anything competing. Surely, Sean the Sheep. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Number three. Oh man, The Martian. The Martian already. Yeah. Oh man. Well, oh, I, third I, position. I, we, I wish it was the last film that we had to do like the number one spot. It, it was. It was definitely in contention for number one. I think we, we had a furious debate about we, whether to put. We've kind of waxed Liverpool about this film for a long time, <laughs> but. Astronaut Mark Watney. 
Here's a clip. Right. Let's do the math. Our service mission here was supposed to last 31 souls. For redundancy, they sent 68 souls worth of food. That's for six people. So for just me, that's going to last 300 souls, which I figure I can stretch to 400 if I ration. So I got to figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily, I'm a botanist. Mars will come to fear my botany powers. You're a bloody coward. <laughs> just pop a clip, I thought you were going to say, here's the rug, and then just play it off. <laughs> true. Oh, wow. And wow, what a film though. I mean, this this came out of really, I mean, it had, it had a fair marketing campaign, I would say. Yeah. The, but the book is very well loved. The book is very well but I don't think any of us expected the film to be this good. No one did. No one in their right mind thought the film was going to be this good. I think there were there were high expectations from certain fans, but nobody thought this had the crossover appeal that it did. You can show this film to anybody and they will love it. Mm. And it's funny and it's <laughs> it's tense and edge of your seat, yeah. nail biting and thrilling, but strangely cheerful and upbeat yeah. at the same time. It is a one hander and yet such a great supporting cast as well. It is a one hander with a terrific support cast. It's the weirdest thing to work? call it, but yeah. and that supporting cast. We talked about the one hander side at first. Matt Damon. Yeah, right? owns it. If, if ever there's proof Matt Damon is a movie star, this is it. Absolutely. And then you've got that supporting cast, which is Jeff Daniels, <laughs> Chewie Tell Edgy yeah. uh Mackenzie uh, Davis, Kristen Wiig, and of course, your bloody coward, Sean Bean. A man from Yorkshire works at NASA, very hopeful that, all. That's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? Oh, and Donald Glover, we got to talk about Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Donald Glover turns up to steal the show. Yeah, so yeah. Troy plays Arbed. Yeah, it odd. Works. It works. It, it shouldn't work, but it does. And yeah, I can live with that. And I, I just I thought everything about it was a lot of fun. And of course, this is yet another film we get to mention on this show, on this particular show this week, on our top ten of the year, that features Michael Pena. So, yeah, keep keep working, Mike, because yeah. we love you for it. <laughs> just just please no more of that awful horror film. What's the oh, Vatican was... tapes? Yeah. Nothing else. Oh, we that. just did it for the money. Clearly, clearly. You don't need that much money, though. Come on. You've worked with Ridley Scott now, and, yeah. you're, and you're in Marvel. Yeah. Stop doing things like the Vatican tapes. Just do more stuff like this. And for the love of God, we need more films like The Martian that are upbeat, that are bright and in yeah. the daylight and, and nothing... Yet tense. And yet tense. Yeah. You can do tense without doom and gloom. And I'm, I, I'm not saying I want every film to be The Walk, incidentally, <laughs> with its concept of fluffy suspense. That was, yeah. And the Frenchiest Frenchman who has ever lived. <laughs> with the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. On then, of course... To the big final two. Number two. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. <laughs> yeah, everyone thought this was going to be our number one, but no, Mad Max Fury Road is not our number one, it's our number two, because we're recording this on December the 18th, so of course, something big happened this hmm. week. What was that? We, we'll talk about that in three or four minutes, oh, okay. Mr. Allen. So... We should talk about Mastermind, George Miller's triumphant return to the world of Max Rockostansky, I believe his name is? Yes, it is. That's his surname. Who's now uh, played by Tom Hardy, having taken over for uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Because he's crazy. Because he's crazy. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> wow. This is, this is the dark horse of the Oscars this year now, isn't it? Yeah. This action movie opera. Who of, thought that? 
Yeah. It's been nominated for some SAG awards, for it Golden has. Globes, for drama. Who would have seen that coming? And we all say we all saw the marketing, we all saw the trailers, and we all thought the same thing. Oh, it's just another movie trailer. No movie's yeah. ever like that. It's gonna have some cool explosions, it's a big yeah. fun summer blockbuster. That's just trailer editing. Yeah, they do that all the time. They made X Men the Last Stand look like that. <laughs> and then you watch the film, and my god. Here's a clip. How do you know this place even exists? I was born there. So why'd you leave? I didn't. I was taken as a child. Stolen. You've done this before? Many times. Now that I drive a war rig, this is the best shot I'll ever have. And them? They're looking for hope. What about you? Redemption. So this one really, really came out of nowhere. And do you remember, the re we just woke up one morning, a couple of days yeah. before release, and the first reviews were out. And it, it had been very kept, kept very quiet as a press show. The reviews just came out randomly one morning in the week, and it was the greatest thing ever. This, go and see this movie, it's amazing. Five stars, Mad Max, you're... And we all looked at each other and thought, what the hell is going yeah. on? We're like, five stars? We just but, thought it was a... We Big, thought, dumb, Mad fun Max. action film. We thought it was a, just a Mad Max movie. And then we watched yeah. it and... No, it's it was so much more. So much more, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a great feminism piece. Yeah. It was the action movie opera. It was George Miller's declaration of war against film as an industry. It has an iconic villain. It, it does. It has yeah. an iconic One villain. The, it has... Certainly one of the best to be here. It has the the most impressive array of background characters since George Lucas' original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. And I am thinking of the Doof Warrior. When of I course say you that. are. And uh. it, it had Tom Hardy in this great performance, this great neo-wordless performance. I think he says about 25 words. Something like that. Yeah. But of course it had the breakout female lead this year who wasn't named Rebecca Ferguson. Who was, of course, Charlize Theron as the Imperator Furiosa, yeah. I believe her name was. And do you know what? They even managed to get a good performance out of Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. I mean, mm. come on, really? This film was mental. The practical effects were just so impressive. They were. You yeah. have those, um, yeah, when, when you see people on those like big sticks, big pole the, the big pole vault type. Yeah, very uh, actual people. Apartments. Yeah, they, yeah. That, that, that bit where... Uh, Mad Max is like flying over and there's a big explosion. That happened. <laughs> it, it's very true. And yeah. the shiny and chrome thing has become strangely iconic now as well. It has, yeah. And this is this is the kind of thing that I think is going to get parodied for a long time. But strangely enough, though, it is the film you want to own on Blu ray more for the special features, I think, than the film itself. You want to see how that film got made. It, it is. It's Gravity again. We had this mm. two years ago with Gravity. When that opened, it was I need the Blu ray, I need to see how this was made. Oh. And wow, I mean, this is a film so impressive, even visually impressive, mm. that it's now reached the stage they want to re release this in black and white. I think it'd be stunning in black and white. It exists in black and white. They have produced a black and white edit of it. I thought we were just going to do like a retrofit. No, no, there is a black and white uh, production. Oh, oh, no, they have retrofit into black oh, and white okay, after yeah, the fact. Yeah. But yeah, they've done it already. It exists. Mm. It's, it's it's just ready out to go. there. It's ready to go. Oh, please, please, it. George, make this happen. We need to see 
yeah. exactly what this so could be. That that race for best cinematographer is going to be so so tough. It's a <laughs> hell of a year for it, isn't it? This yeah. year for cinematographers. And I mean, that was the thing though, because cinematography was such a big part of what made Mad Max Fury Road so mm. impressive, because it is all wide open, IMAX friendly desert landscapes. <laughs> yeah, and they use every inch of that IMAX screen. But that shot of Furiosa on her knees in the sand, sc silently screaming. It's iconic, isn't it? That's, that's the takeaway from this film. Number one. What do you think it's gonna be? <laughs> Star Wars Force Awakens. And, do you know, I, we need to be straight up about this. This was not the number one film of the year. Mad Max Fury Road was the number one film of the year. However, we happened to record this after the release of The Force Awakens. And we could not, in good conscience, not put this as the number one film of the year. Because who'd have thunk it? Star Wars is back. And it's better than ever. And before we start gushing, here's a clip. The dark side. A Jedi. JJ, well done. We can now start gushing. We can now start gushing. Oh, I loved it. Did 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 you did you even your wildest dreams expect this to be as good as it was? No, not at all. I expected it to be uh, obviously better than the prequels because it had to be, didn't it? It, it just it, it did. just had to be. I didn't expect it to be better than Return of the Jedi. No, it is better than Return of the Jedi. It definitely it is. is. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it is. For my money, this is. Number three on the Star Wars movie chart yeah. is Empire, New Hope, this. Th that's yeah, it. I would completely agree. And the weird part is, this is actually better directed and more entertaining than those two films. This certainly is strange. Certainly, certainly funny. funny. It's got such humour to it as well. Yeah. But also, a kind of affectionate reverence. Not, rever not, not uh, unflinching reverence, but mm. a sort of affectionate and jolly reverence. For the sort for the you know for the original canon and Han Solo's back and he's having a good time. We've yeah. got a whole generation of new cast members who are so much fun and so well chosen. Mm. Daisy Ridley just is just plucked out of nowhere. Oh god, yeah, yeah. she's destined for big things. I'm Daisy so Ridley. glad that they took a relatively kind of unknown actress instead of someone that we will relate to another. Yeah. Instead of giving us Kira Knightley, which would have just been confusing given the Natalie Portman thing. Uh, yeah, totally. uh, <laughs> yeah. Although Daisy Ridley does look oddly like she's Kira got Knightley. she's got that Knightley. Look about it. And yet delivers a performance best compared to a young Sigourney Weaver, I thought. Yeah, I'll go yeah. with that. I'll Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, sort of a young, sort of wide-eyed, yeah. world-weary Sigourney Weaver. Uh, speaking about characters, can we talk about, uh, about Poe? Let's talk about Poe Dameron. Let's talk about Poe Dameron. He's a great man. He is a great man, Poe yeah. Dameron. And he, he's just, a badass fighter pilot. He is, and he's got a performance <laughs> I didn't know Oscar Isaac was capable of. This. See, I, I did. I, no, I think that I'm so used to him in He's a drama guy, though, isn't he? That Oscar Isaac. I don't know. Even when you watch a film like Ex Machina, where he is the prime. He can do unhinged. He can do unhinged. He can do unhinged, and Ex Machina shows that. But there, there is some 
There's some dark humour there. There is some dark humour, but he's got such 70s action adventure man. He's got some swagger. Swagger, yeah. yeah. And I loved him for it. You can see his real kind of uh, love and passion for the original films. You you definitely can. Same with John Boyega as well. I was just going to say, of course we have to get to John Boyega, who... I think makes up for the fact that prior to this, the only black man in the Star Wars canon, and I'm excluding Samuel Jackson and the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. the only black man in the Star Wars canon betrayed them the first chance he got. So I love that in 2015, the one film franchise that finally has a black male and white female leads is Star Wars. Yeah. Who'd have thought that was going to come? Mm. I mean, really? Marvel can't sell a Black Widow action figure. Star Wars... Here's a woman front and centre and a black man. How's that diversity? Way to go, Disney. Way to go, Disney. Way to go, JJ. Um, it's fun. It's fast. It's frenzied. It's edge of your seat thrilling. It is breathtaking in places. If you're a diehard fan, it will reduce you to tears. So many people cried around me. There are about four different points in this film where, out of sadness or joy, you can just weep. Yeah, and wow. you, you won't be judged for it. You won't be judged, <laughs> and you know you're probably seeing this in an IMAX screen anyway. In which case, you probably got a big glass. <laughs> yeah. and no one's going to see you. No, yeah. we, we went through the years We go with up and 3D. No one's going to see you behind those glasses. You weep away. So, just going back to uh, Mr. Han Solo. Go on. Harrison Ford is having so much fun. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Though it's not like when he came back for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And he's no very different. Yeah, so this time different. around. You can, you, you look at it, it is Han. It's not Harrison Ford Han. just being bored. It's Han. I think, though, this film does establish once for all, J.J. Abrams is an auteur. And mm. who'd, who'd have thought it? You said it earlier, though, he's like franchise Viagra in the way that Dwayne Johnson is. Can <laughs> reboot anything. It's done it for Mission Impossible, done it for Star Trek. And now it's done it for Star Wars. And wow. And Lawrence Kasdan has teamed up with Abrams to deliver this script, him and uh, the two of them and Michael Arndt. Yeah. And there are some narrative some narrative borrowing from earlier Star Wars movies, one in particular, but... I think that's okay, though. That's okay. We, we needed that, what, what did we say, not a reintroduction? A reacquaintance. A reacquaintance. A reacquaintance. Re-acquaintance to the force. For, for a reacquaintance to be as fantastically delivered as this is, is yeah. nothing short of miraculous. So that's it. Star Wars The Force no. Awakens is our film of 2015, as we decided 40 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so... That, that brings 2015 to a close, really. We've got a lot to look forward to next year. We've got, you know, Creed kind of starting early next year. We've got... Uh, yeah. We've got... The Revenant. The Revenant. Like, all, all the big Oscar films. All the big Oscar Trumbo, we've got that to come in the next year as well. You have seen Trumbo. I have seen Trumbo, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. So much to come <laughs> next year. And it's not Beauty and the Beast next year, is it? Uh, no, but it's 2017, but oh, we've got some great Marvel films. We've got some great Marvel films. We've got Captain America. Oh, Batman Superman, that's next year. That's not Marvel, that's DC. Fingers crossed about that. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Uh, uh, Warcraft. Independence Day. Independence Day. Ghostbusters. Uh, Another Star Wars. Smurfs 3. Fantastic Beasts. Uh, Smurfs 3. Uh, I'm the Chipmunks, the Road Chip. <laughs> all, all, all the big ones. All, all the big ones. All the heavy hitters. Yeah. Let's get about Star Wars. We've got another yeah. album movie. Yeah, and, and there's another Star Wars movie, I think, somewhere down the back end of the year, yeah. directed by that Godzilla bloke and starring that chick from the Stephen Hawking flick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, that's all to come in 2016, where we'll still be here to talk about we will, it. Yeah. So. Well, that, that really brings the year to a close then. So it this does. has been this has been a candy store production for uh, on screen. I've been Van Connor. My name is Still Case Allen, and we'll be back next year. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay.